0: Uh, my wife, We've been married uh, 53 years And my wife's birthday was the 19th of August And uh, I didn't get her anything It's because I mean, I said, what do you want? She said, I, got, I don't need anything And so I was uh, going by Mr. C's It's a local restaurant and there's a black lady in there We just pick at her all the time It's Jackie And I went by the other day To get some uh, slaw or something from my wife And she said And she just turned around and, I, and she didn't see me And I said, boom! And she like jumped out of her skin. She said, you just as mean as your wife is. And said, where's Miss Frances? I said, well, she's at the house. I said, I said you know, uh, tomorrow's her birthday. I said, where'd you get her? I said, she's got me. What else does she need? <laughs> She'd give me one of them looks like that. So I got, I really got her in conviction about it. So today I went and bought her a tractor for her birthday. <laughs> You've got a good wife. If you can buy your wife a tractor and she doesn't get mad but uh, anyway she'd been saying that but I was, that's not the reason I bought it but anyway um, I was uh, thinking about what they were saying today and you know I, I've been saved since uh, August 17th 1967 Amen. and uh, 51 years and uh, I was going down to 601 to uh, get the tractor and, and all that and I was riding by, and I saw Lawyer's Road. And when I did, I got to thinking about uh, when I got saved. And I could, I could ride up Lawyer's Road. I could go to a Roanoke Baptist Church. They built a new auditorium since then. But I believe I could get within two or three feet to where on a Thursday night I got saved. And I said, God, I sure have failed you. But you've never failed me. Boy, he has been so good yes. to me. I appreciate Jeremy coming. Frances almost came. She's working for the school, and uh, uh, you know she does secretary work. And uh, we're getting ready to advertise. We've not advertised since we started school in '91, uh, but we got an online school and we've got a new program, and they've got everything. So uh, next week they're going to full fledged get out and advertise, and so. It uh, looks like we're going to have to have some help. And the school's just uh, growing on online school. We had night school for a long time. And then we, uh, uh, the night classes, the attendance going down and the online school was going up. And so, uh, and I was getting older and all, everything I made in revivals I'd put in the school uh, to keep the tuition down. And uh, so uh, we was able to... Uh, uh, rent the building and we're getting more out of rent than I was putting in and so it's helped me to stay home and drive Miss Francis' tractor. Yeah. Jeremy, I appreciate it, but she's already come and then if, if, she, if you'd have brought Izzy, that's our great-granddaughter, she would definitely come. And I was sitting there thinking about uh, my wife went down to back to Bethel Camp meeting years ago when our kids were just little things and got them all around the altar and prayed and said, God, I want you to give our children talent, and God use them in the church, and uh, and He has. And all of our children play instruments and sing. Our grandchildren sing and play instruments. And now my great granddaughter, she's trying to sing. Little old Izzy, her name is Izzy Grace. I call her Izzy. I like Izzy. I just she's always been Izzy to me. But I'm gonna tell you what I think. And I, I guess my mind was real, real carnal when I'm in church. You know what I thought about while you was tearing that piano up? What I thought about? I thought about I went through four children playing. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Cindy, then Gwen, e- Old MacDonald had a farm. Then Andy. Old MacDonald had a farm. And then Jeremy. Old MacDonald had a farm. had a farm. And I, and I was thinking about God. You sure are gonna reward, reward me when I get to heaven. <laughs> 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 But, but not, 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 not boy, pay, pay, paid off, not boy? Right. <laughs> I'd give anything to play. I, I pay, pay, paid off, can not but uh, Brother Pope, thank you for letting me come. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's always a pri- privilege to come to Jeremy and all these young guys, and and I'm staying home with Mama driving that tractor, <laughs> praise God. Amen. But she wants me to stay there because the school is, you know, and uh, Brother Robert, Johnson, he's been for 30 years, been a faithful uh, servant of God for 30 years, never, never had one minutes problem, not one, not a good deacon, and then uh, he wanted to drive me, I got saved 49 times coming up to Montana when Andy was out there building a church, and uh, and I just bought a brand new uh, Cherokee, and uh, he was going to drive, and I was driving, so I said, I'm going to take a nap. And I just bought a brand-new uh, Cherokee. And uh, he was going to drive, and I was driving and changing. And so I said, I'm going to take a nap. And I laid back in there, and I was taking a nap. And I thought, we, we must, we're kind of moving on pretty good. I woke up. I looked over there, and he was running 95 miles an hour. I said, Robert, how fast are you going? He said, 95. I said, I just bought this thing next, last week. Don't you think I was kind of rough on the motor? Oh, it's under warranty. Why should he worry? It's, it was mine. But anyway, Robert, thank you for uh, coming up. I did I get I did, it's kind of scared a couple of times. I'm not, but I, I'm, I'm nervous because I'm driving, all right. But thank you for uh, being here tonight on a Thursday night. I want you to take your Bibles. turn into the book in the Bible that tells us that women ought not to make coffee said, Hebrews. <laughs> Hebrews. How many has got a red Bible? If you read it, it's red. Yep. All right. Hebrews, let's stand and reverence to the only Bible, the King James Bible, yep. the Bible that God used. To use. yep. Now, don't come up here and try to straighten me out. you got to handle it. I said, you can't handle it. <laughs> I had a smart at than Billy Graham Association. Cindy used to be a secretary up there today. Uh, Franklin, and uh, Franklin's pretty tough, and uh, but uh, I, so Cindy, she's up there, and the man that was over the Billy Graham thing at that time, said, uh, "Tell your daddy to come up here." Said, uh, "I said I need to talk to him about that King James Bible," she, and Cindy, my daughter, said, "I don't think you want to talk to my daddy about the King James Bible," and he never has said a word about it since then. Amen. I know that this is the word of God. Amen. And if it is not the word of God, we're, we're in a mess. Yes, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but yes. incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. The Bible that God uses, you check church history, Amen, and uh, you'll find out that God sent revival in America uh, through the old King James yes. Bible. Yes. I guess I'm, some of the, I'm of the old school. Oh, yes. I'm just like the old school. I like the old time way. Yes. I like the old time Bible. Yes, Amen. man. I'm about ready to shout. Open that door by yonder. I think I can run to Union Grove. Amen. How far is Union Grove? I don't think I can run that far. All right. Oh, I'm here. Okay. Well, I'll just take a lap. That's all right to do that. I used to take a lap around our church, and I can't do it anymore. We've got an incline. I do good coming down, but it's tough going up. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're just going to read one verse of Scripture. Hebrews chapter ten, and uh, here my Bible. That's because I suck on peppermints and spit all over my Bible, and my pages stick together. It's not because I hadn't read it. <laughs> Everybody, I open my Bible and goes, <laughs> <laughs> I "Said boy, he hadn't read that Bible in a long time." All right, Hebrews ten. I got to get down here serious. You intimidated me. I am not a scholar. I'm a student. <laughs> By the Bible said, let's read verse 19. Uh, Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. The Bible said his flesh was a veil. You know that. His flesh was a veil. And uh, you know in the Old Testament in the temple and the tabernacle. There was, I mean, therefore, brethren, bold. Then I got to get down here serious. You intimidated me. I am not a scholar. I'm a student. Scholar, <laughs> I'm a student. They put the blood on the mercy seat and come back out and told the people God's instructions. And that veil right here, and right, they'd get this far, and right behind the veil was uh, the mercy seat. There's a golden altar on this side of the veil. And then there was a mercy seat on that side of the... And, the, the, you know, the golden altar is where the prayers of the saints went up. And when you pray, you are never as close to God as when you pray. There's just a veil between you and the Holy of Holies. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, I feel so inadequate, and I pray tonight. Lord, help us tonight. Strengthen our body. Give us clearness of mind. Clearness of heart. And right behind the veil was uh, the mercy seat. There's a golden altar on this side of the veil. And then there was a mercy seat on that side of the veil. And, the, the, you know, the golden altar is where the prayers of the saints went up. We'll give you the glory and the honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. The longer I preach, the shorter my sermons are. If you'll, if you'll say amen, I'll preach 30 minutes. If you don't say amen, I'm going to preach an hour and a half. Amen. All right. Uh, but i want to talk to you about that veil. Uh, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom. And, and we know that. And it opened up a way that we could come boldly to the throne of grace right. for help in time of need. But right here in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible said the veil there was his flesh. And just like the Shekinah was behind the veil in the tabernacle temple, the Shekinah was behind the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you something how you can run a lap around this church. Do you know the same Shekinah that was in the tabernacle, that temple, is inside of you tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Behind the veil of flesh is the power of the Shekinah glory of God. You know what God wants to do? God wants to get out from behind the veil. He wants to get out from behind the veil. It's amazing and when I studied the Bible... Uh, how the, the Bible is divided into trinities. You know, Egypt, the wilderness, Canaan land. Uh, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know, you and I are trinity, spirit, soul, and body. And we was made in the image of God. That does not mean facially we look like God, but we were made in a trinity, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, the flesh is world control. The soul, the soul uh, ladies and gentlemen, is self-control, but the spirit is God control. Now, the reason people don't live right to say they're saved, they got two controlling units. But you got to have the be born again to have the Holy Ghost that controls your soul and controls your mind. What you believe is how you behave. People that don't behave right don't believe right. You know why? They got the body. They got the soul. But their spirit is dead, according to Ephesians chapter number two. And when you get born again, all of a sudden your thinking changes. When you get born again, all of a sudden your behavior changes. Amen. It's amazing how that just get born again. I remember I got saved on a Thursday night, and the next morning I was a different person. And I, I woke up and I like I was in a brand new world, and I saw things different than I'd ever seen before. And you know what? It was exciting that morning. But i gonna tell you something. It's still exciting today. Listen, this coming December I'll be 72. Oh my goodness. I hope I'm, i I believe I've got the genetics of my grand uh, genetics of my grandpa. He lived to be 91. Old Tom prayed for me that I live to be ninety-one. Somebody said, Are you gonna retire? Yeah, I'm gonna go get four missions next week. <laughs> Dr. BB Caldwell said, somebody said, Are you gonna retire, Doctor Caldwell? He said, retire. He said, I'm gonna re fire. Amen. I think that's what we ought to do. We ought to refire. fire. And the thing about it is that when you study the Word of God, it's amazing how that after all these years, 51 years of preaching the Word of God, it's just as fresh today. It's just as new today. And you can study it and all of a sudden you can see something that you've never seen before in all of your life. Now the Bible tells us that the disciples were amazed at Jesus. I mean, there they were in a, in a boat, you know, and I and Jesus was asleep in the bow of the boat, and all of a sudden a storm came up. And, and Judas stood up, and, I and the mama, he said to the waves, "Peace, be still!" And those raging waves, like a stallion laid down his feet like a puppy dog. And the disciples said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And the Bible said they marveled him. They got amazed. They got astonished. They got shocked. They got bewildered. They got surprised. Amen? Why? Because all of a sudden, the power God that was inside Jesus stepped behind the veil and made the winds to quit blowing. And to make, and to make, how God can just show up and make everything all right. I mean, your life could be in turmoil, and, and it looks like everything's gone, and I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I tell you, I'm down to the end of the road. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, God could just step out yep. from behind the veil, and all of a sudden, everything could change in a moment, in a in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now, you know what I like about God is, He doesn't ever have to do the same thing. He never makes two drops of rain. never makes two leaves the same. uh, He never makes two blades of grass the same. And you know what God is? Today he may do something for you. It'll never be contrary to the word of God, but he may do something today for you that you have never seen before. And what you do, you're just marveling. Oh, God, what are you doing? Oh, I'm glad that he's a God of surprise. I'm glad he's a God of surprise. Amen. You know, God, there's no telling what God may do here tonight. I'll be preaching in Moncour, North Carolina, uh, on this side of Raleigh next week for Brother Ron Humphreys. And I was thinking about it coming down the road today. You know, get around a preacher. Because I'd read my Bible, read my notes, praying, driving, texting my wife. It's dangerous to <laughs> get around a preacher. But you know what I got to think about? I got to think about that revival that we had there in 1999. You know, right after Noah got off the ark, I mean, we had a revival there at that church, and uh, went in there, just a little old church about the half the size of this building, I, and uh, about I want to say probably maybe maybe fifty people there, and I went in there and preached Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. I made a statement. I said, you know, I said we are, I said, you know, uh, we ought to try to get the meanest man in town in this meeting and get him saved. Mordecai Ham used to say that he'd go to a town put up a tent he said Who, where's the meanest man in town and they'd go find him he'd get him saved and he said he'd tear the, turn the town upside down and I said I made that statement I said Mordecai Ham I said well get the meanest man in town into church and that guy was sitting back there about the third row back he said how do you know I was here <laughs> he was a drug kingpin Man, he was selling drugs, and his daddy begged him and begged him begged him that he got there. And he said, How did he know I was here? And I preached that night, and guess what happened? That old boy come and got saved, his wife got saved, his children got saved, and then guess what happened on Friday night? God broke out from behind the veil, and an old-fashioned heaven-sent Holy Ghost revival. I came to that church. We went four weeks. He baptized 52 out of the revival meeting. Hey, you say, what does God do when revival comes? Well, the Bible said and Isaiah, "There's a is pretty bad shape," and Isaiah said, "Oh, would thou what rend the heavens?" And come down. Did you know tonight that God could rend the heavens right here? And God could step into this situation. That God could step in this church service. and God could start an old-fashioned heaven said, Holy Ghost, revival. All we need is for God to show up on the scene. We got enough preachers and sermons and singers. We need God to show up. Hey, I want to tell you something. I don't know. I might preach for a sermon, I may not. I, but I want to tell you something, what I noticed. I, you know in the Old Testament, the Old Testament priests went behind the veil yeah. and got instructions for other people one time yeah. a year. I got to think about this. Somebody needs to get behind the veil Amen. and get some instructions from God. We've got all these programs on how to do it and all that. We need to hear from heaven. And we need somebody to get behind a veil and get something from God and come out from behind a veil and say, Thus saith the Lord. Amen. I'm glad that God will surprise us. And like I said a while ago, when we prayed, it was as close to the mercy seat as we've ever been. You know, God, in, did you know that God intervenes in our life? Oh, I'm telling you, I read somebody. I don't know where it was. I wish I could give him, uh, you know, honor for it. But over in Ephesus, told about how wicked we were, but God, who is rich in mercy. You know what he called that? A divine intersection. Well, you know what? I remember the old 17th, 1967. I was headed for hell. But thank God there was a divine intervention. There was a divine intersection. Hey, you know why you're here tonight? God crossed your path. God stepped out behind the veil and got a hold of you and you've never been the same since. You say, well, my daddy, he's lost. My mama, she's living in sin. And my children are living wicked. But all God has to do is step out from behind a veil, get a hold of them, and change their lives. I'm glad God intervenes. I'm glad God intervenes. Now, in the Old Testament, like I said, God was shrouded behind a veil. He was shrouded behind a veil. In fact, the name Lord Jesus Christ is a progressive name. And the Bible is a progressive Bible. Uh, you know, we we didn't have pages, and, uh, but we had scrolls that rolled up. Yes, and that seven-sealed book in the book of the Revelation, it was a scroll. Yes. And that unsealed one, rolled it out. Unsealed one, rolled it out. And it was a progressive revelation. Hey, do you know the Bible is a progressive revelation? Amen what we knew a little bit about God in the Old Testament is fully revealed in the New Testament. Hey, if those Old Testament saints could live for God, well, what little they know, how much we'll live for God, well, how much we know. Him. I've never seen a generation, two things wrong with this generation. They don't know and they don't care. I've never seen this bunch of stupid Baptists that know nothing. They can't even quote John 3, 16. They don't know. And they do not care. But I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that cares. And I'm glad the veil has been rent. I'm glad I've got a way right into the Holy of Holies. Hey, listen, the greatest thing that you could ever do is pray. The greatest thing that you could ever pray. Listen, you may not accept my message. You may shun my invitation. You may make fun of my sermons. But you can't keep me from praying for you. woo amen they may not come to church they may not take a gospel track they may not listen to a word that you say but mama you can get in that closet somewhere and pray and they can't get away from your prayer line I mean we need some mamas and daddies that get behind a veil and pray and get something for God and God will change people's lives amen uh, I'm glad the veil's been rent I'm glad that every believer there's one thing about prayer. Nobody has seniority with God. You've been saved 50 years or been saved 50 seconds. You have as much right to go behind the veil and talk to God. I'm glad there's nobody that has seniority with prayer. But I'm glad that little boy can get a hold of God just like that 60-year-old man can. i am telling you something. We come boldly to the throne of grace for help in time of need. Now, Jesus came to reveal the Father. He said, i come to reveal the Father. The Holy Ghost is here to reveal the Son. Amen. Amen. And you know, when he speaks, he'll not speak of himself. Right. You see, know, the crowd running around bragging yeah. on having tongues and the gift. They don't know nothing about God. Right. Cause the Holy Ghost didn't come around to, right. I'd to express and I'd give great meaning to the gift. The Holy Ghost came to reveal Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yes. And the person that makes much of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, that's a good sign, the Holy Ghost. Now, listen to me. I'm trying to get somewhere. Amen? Now, the Bible said in Hebrews 10, 20, that the veil was his flesh. Now, in the tabernacle, the Shekinah was behind the veil. Now, listen to this. John 1, 1. Boy, the Jehovah's Witness don't like that verse. Boy, I like to see them coming knocking on doors. I was out visiting one of my members, and old Buck Helms, he said, Oh, no, here they come again. I said, Who? Those JWs. I said, Well, tell them come on in. I said, Tell them come on in. And I said, just tell them, to come on in. And I get, it. and I'm telling you, when I got through that crowd, I mean, there's a shaking. They got, they had to go, amen. I mean, they had to go. You know why they don't like John one one? Because it says that the Word was God. In fact, the Bible said John one one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word John one fourteen, and the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory. Yes. At the glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Yep. He said just as that Shekinah was behind the veil in the tabernacle, God was in the flesh of Jesus. Yes. And he dwelt among us. Yes. Now listen, I don't believe in correcting the King James Bible, but I believe in doing word studies. And I believe you'll go home and look up in your exhaustive strong concordance and you'll find this that that word dwelt means tabernacle. He said, just as the Shekinah dwelled in the tabernacle, the Shekinah was in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, not only that, but we held him. Now Peter, James, and John, they got on the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw more than the flesh. They saw him transfigured. They saw him metaphoric, metaphoric right before their eyes. They realized this was not just a man, but the God. Happy day when you realize he's more than a man, man, but he was God, amen? Somebody wrote a song several years ago that Jesus was more than a man, he was God. Every once in a while, he looked like a man. God stepped out from behind the veil. Woo-hoo, amen. I'm gonna tell you once in a while how God would break through. He looked like a man laying in the ship. But it looked like a God walking on the water. Amen. I'm glad God can walk on the very things about to drown you, that that's about to take you under. God can walk on it. Amen. I you say when He does, when He gets out behind the veil, and what can walk and walk and walk, 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 walk on it on you? Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. I'm gonna tell you something, something through the Bible, all the way through the Bible. Uh, Jesus contained Him, man, Amen. but He was God. Amen. There's somebody wrote a song several years ago. Sometimes He couldn't handle it. He couldn't hold it back and he couldn't contain himself. And all of a sudden, God would step out. Boy, I like it when God steps out. I like preaching, I like singing, I like worship. But i tell you what I like. I like getting a service where God steps out. Amen. Now, it's amazing to me how this Bible is so has such a revelation. In the Old Testament, God stepped out. In the New Testament, we step in. God stepped out of the glory in the Old Testament. We get to step into it yeah. in the New Testament. Yeah. Praise God, yeah. amen. Now listen, Bible said it's just earnest right now. That's just a down payment. It's just a tithe. That's just a 10% now. And if it's so good with a 10%, what's it gonna be like when we get the other 90? Yeah. 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 Now the Spirit lives in us, but someday we'll live in the Spirit. Yeah. Some of you dignified people, I'm gonna... God may let me live beside you in heaven. You'll be shouting your ghouls out, And I said, you should have done that back down there that night when I was a preacher. What are you going to do when you have the 100%? That's one thing to pick up the manna in the wilderness. That's another thing to sip the honey out of the rock in Canaan land. Woo! Excuse me. I Listen, I... I'm I'm trying to be dignified. Amen. Well, you said, preach. What well, he's trying to get out, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. i say, he's trying to get out. Amen. Yeah. You ever been a servant? Somebody seen, Somebody preached, Somebody witness, and all of a sudden, your hand went up like that. How's God trying to get out? Yeah. See, and I say, some let him out. Yeah. <laughs> he's knocking like the door of the church in the book of the uh, book of Revelation. When I say, somebody let him in. Yeah. Somebody let him in tonight, amen. Yeah. He can do more in a second than we can do in a lifetime. Right. Oh, Jesus came over there and oh, Lazarus had been dead now. Four days, he was stinking. And Mary, and Mary you know, they come out there and Jesus is trying to explain. Jesus trying to explain why he was, hadn't been there. And they, and they said, well, where's he at? And all of a sudden here, the man walks out to the tomb. And when the man walks out to the tomb, God steps out behind the veil and said, roll away the stone. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible said he came forth. He said, loose him and let him go. You know who did that? That was the God behind the veil that did that. Hey, I don't know what's died in your life, but I tell you, God can step out behind the veil and God can resurrect in your life what sin and Satan and the world has killed in your life. That's what revival is all about. It's God just stepping out and resurrecting that thing that died in your life. In John chapter four, the disciples went in town. Jesus said, well, I got to go through, you know, Samaria. He said, they had gone down to McDonald's to get a hamburger. He went down there and and they they sat down on the well and and he said, "Uh, Lord, you want to, you want a fish sandwich from McDonald's? He said, I have meat to eat of that you know not of. Because <laughs> he went down there and he's talking to a woman that a Jew weren't supposed to talk to. He's talking to a woman that had to come at midday because nobody wanted to be around him in the morning and the afternoon. But Jesus sat down with her. I mean, here's a woman that, I mean, she was gone. I mean, everybody done written her had already written her off. But God stepped out behind the veil. And he said, "You." Got, he said, "Your father's worship. But he said, "I'm gonna tell you something. There's gonna come a day that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water." I said, "That little pail you're holding in your hand." I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to drop the pail, Amen, and run away. And she went into town and said, "Come see a man. He's told me everything I've ever ever done. And yet he forgave her." Tell God is no respecter person, and I don't care what you've done or where you've been or what you said, or how. You, if God steps out behind a veil. He can take a wicked woman and put her in the choir singing amazing grace. He would go out there with 5,000 men beside the men, women and children and take five loaves and two fishes and step out behind a veil and feed the whole crowd. Amen? Who can do that? God can supply your needs. Amen? I want to tell you, you can be so sick that you've gone to every doctor like the woman. And the Bible says she did her best to get through the press And the press is still fake news. Amen. And finally she made her way through the press. And she touched the hem. She just just touched the hem of his garment. Hey, I asked my wife, I said, what's the hem? She said, it's the last thing to do. It's the finished work of the garment. You know what she was touching? She was touching the death, burial, and resurrection. She was touching the gospel. And when she touched the hem of his garment, all of a sudden God stepped out. And immediately she was made whole. I believe God can still heal. I don't believe in all these faith healers. I don't like Joel Osteen. I don't like Jimmy Sweetheart. I don't like that crowd. I want to tell you, are you listening to me? I don't believe God can heal anybody, and I've seen him do it. I remember years ago when I was at Mount Pisgah, one of my bit deacons, BC Plotter, godly man. And uh, his wife and a daughter had gone to Charlotte, and uh, they'd had a wreck. And they were T bone. And little Sherry was sitting right there where the car came in. And the door came in and knocked a big old hole in her head. And she was unconscious. And the doctor said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mr., Mrs. Plowler, she may not live through the night. And said, if Sherry does live, she may be a vegetable the rest of her life. And B.C. Called, back, called me, and back then, we had prayer meeting on Saturday night. The men, we had a little room up here above the above the baptistry. We called it the upper room. And we'd meet there on Saturday night. We'd pray uh, for needs and for the re- revival and the service the next day. And B.C. called me and told me the situation. I said, B.C., I said, you go to the hospital tonight. And I said, we'll be meeting upstairs in the upper room at 730 you and Doris get down beside Sherry's bed today at 7.30. And I said, We'll pray over here, and you pray up there 50 miles away. And where any two agree on, on earth is touching anything, God will hear. And I'd say, I believe God, I believe God can intervene. I'm talking about God can intervene. Amen? And I'm telling you what's the truth. We didn't have cell phones and all that stuff back then. And so we prayed. And why is that? I'm telling you what's the, have you ever had God just say it's okay? Have you ever had God just say, it's all right? Have you ever had God, and you didn't know where it's going to and you didn't know what's going to happen, but God let you know that everything's going to be all right? I would tell you why God is not hindered by time and space. God is not hindered by time and space. And when was I praying, why was I praying? God said, Ronnie, you call B.C., everything's all right. I went up back there to the parsonage, called B.C., he was a crying on this side. I hear Doris crying back there. I thought maybe Sherry died. I said, B.C., what's going on? Preacher, we did what you said. I said, and I had to ask him, what did I say? He said, you, you said for us to pray up here, and y'all would pray down there about God touching Sherry, and said, we're beside the bed. Somebody open that back door, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, <laughs> whoo! I can't hardly tell you. I can't hardly tell it. Amen. I mean, God's about ready to come out. Amen. Yeah. And I, I said, yeah. oh, "What happened?" She, he said, <laughs> "He said as soon. He said as soon as we stood up, said Sherry, opened her eyes and Daddy, I want to go home.'" Yeah. Yeah. Now she's married and got youngins of her own. Amen. You said what was the difference? God stepped behind the veil, behind the veil. I didn't touch her. I'm telling you, there's no sickness. There's no nothing too far gone. I'm telling you, God can intervene in our situation. Is that right? Amen. Amen and amen and amen. God indwells. He can intervene. He can step out from behind the veil. But I want to tell you something that God indwells every one of us that are saved. Hey, you know, we have created the image of God, spirit, soul, and body. And you know, God is, Father is a controller. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. I mean, Jesus is a conformer. Amen. I'm telling you, and when the believer gets saved, he has God inside of him. My soul. I don't understand how people live the way they live. Why don't you show you something? You see that right there? They're so white, they could blind you. <laughs> you know, I don't run around half naked. He said, why don't you? Because I got God living on the inside. And when I started to do something, wear something, go somewhere, God said, you think a Christian ought to do that? Right. And when I said, why don't God speak to your heart? Why didn't God tell you what to wear? Amen. Yes. When's the last time you went to the mirror and said, God, what would you like for me to put on today? Yes. Hey, God, who do you want me to hang around with today? Yes. Hey, God, what kind of church do yes. you want me to go? Hey, it's amazing. If we'd ask God that indwells us what we should do, what a difference it would make in our life. Yes. Amen. Yes. The Holy Spirit, listen. The Holy Spirit's tabernacle in this body of flesh And sometimes God, I'm I'm trying to preach, sometimes he'll step out from behind the veil. In the tabernacle, the Shekinah was behind the veil. In Jesus, now, the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah, dwells in the believer. And sometimes God breaks through your testimony. I didn't hurt anybody's feelings a while ago when I said what I did, did I? How about if you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, he'll talk to you? I can't, even, I can't even be mean to my wife. He said, why don't you go up here and tell Francis you're sorry. Yeah. He said, did you do that? I sure did that. I sure did that. Yeah. I, she'll, she'll say something like this. Bless her dear heart. She knows how I am. I, she knows I have to pray. And she knows I have to preach. And she always waits to Sunday morning to bring something up. Because <laughs> she knows I've got to get right with her before I can go to church and <laughs> preach. So I told her, I said, would you forgive me because I want to go buy you a tractor today. And she forgave me. And then I come home, brother, listen. I went, I spent $18,000 for her, bought a new tractor, bought the best. I couldn't find a used one. I'd have said, my wife's better than a used tractor. I'd said, my wife's better than that. She deserves more than a used tractor. I'm going to buy her a brand new tractor. Four wheel drive. Bucket on the front, how dramatic! Hey man, are you listening? To me? I said I'm gonna get her the best way I can. I'm gonna tell you what she did. I come home. Of course, I'm old, and when I put you know equipment on the tractor, sometimes it hurts my back. You know what they had down there? They had this quick release that you could put on the, on the tractor, and you just back up some equipment, raise up, click, 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 and you can drive away. I'd, never, I'd seen a little one, but I'd never seen a big one like that. I said, man, I, like that. I told the guy on I said, you ought just throw that in on General purpose. You know, I was trying to twist his arm a little bit. Well, I wish I could do it. Yes, you could do that if you wanted to. And I walked out door. When I walked out the door, what I told him, I said, I believe your heart would get right with God. I said, I believe you'd give me that. He just, you know what he did? He laughed at me. So I got home, and I said, Francis, here's your... Here's your birthday present. And I said, boy, I tell you, they had that quick release that I could put on the back of that tractor. She said, how much was it? I said, $350, and I was not going to pay that. She said, "Oh, bless granny, you, you've already spent $18,000. <laughs> Why don't you just go back and get the $350? Hey, you know what I'm going to do in the morning? I'm get up at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be down there before she changes her mind. Before she changes her mind, before I get mad again and I say something I shouldn't say, and I have to forgive her. Why I'm still right with her and God, I'm gonna buy that to put on that tractor that she deserves. Whew, how did I get off on that? I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so drunk in the Holy Ghost, Amen. Woo! I don't even know where I was at. I'm, oh, I'm talking about how every once in a while God get in and He just break out when you testify. You know what the Bible says? Matthew 5 says, let your light, let your light shine. Don't make your light shine. If there's anything, I hate a hypocrisy. I hate put on preaching, singing. Uh, but he said, let your light so shine. How does that light shine? God is lighting to him as no darkness at all. When you let the Holy Ghost step out, you don't have to impress anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. God breaks through in our prayer life. Here's what the Bible said. I'll be through in about two hours. You haven't been saying amen, so I'm going to preach on. Matthew 6, 6. Pray. Of course, I can't hear either. Pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, for years and years and years and years, I've heard other preachers preach, and I preach myself. You go in that closet, you shut the door behind you, and you pray in secret, and God rewards you openly. That has nothing to do with that verse. You know what the secret is? It's the secret place. It's the place behind the veil. Get in there where God is. Get in. There. Listen. Have you ever gotten the holies? Now I'm gonna tell you something. There's been a lot of times I, I pray and it just seem like his repetition. But every once in a while, I've got in the holy place. Amen. And God said, "When you get in that holies, I'm gonna do something for you." I remember one time we was praying for revival, and was praying there at that time out in the auditorium at Mount Pisgah. By the way, we had revival broke out and had 152 got saved. And, and I got to pray and how does I got to pray and I God let me get in the holies. Not because I'm holy, but because he let me get in the holies, amen. And I got in the holies and I got to pray. I got to praying and I got to shout and I got to praise God. You know where I wound up? I was bumping my head against the back wall in the church, amen. And didn't even know how I got there. But I'm telling you what's the truth. I've never forgotten that when God let me get in the holies. And if you'll pray in secret, what will he do? The Bible said, he'll reward you what? He'll reward you openly. Did you know you can't keep it secret if you pray? That's right. Well, I pray. Well, where's the rewards? If You pray in secret, he'll reward you. Listen, ain't so many prayers been prayed. If God answered all our prayers, we'd be in the midst of an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival right now. But you know as well as I do, we're just... Repeating ourselves. We would fuss that somebody got off and read a prayer off, but you listen to people pray in church and the same old, same old. When's the last time you got behind the veil? I didn't got in there where God was. I felt the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the Bible says, the Bible said that God will break through in our lives. The Bible said, and I've got a big old poster at the church when we had the Jubilees, and I put it up. Oh that thou would rend the heavens And come down Well what's rending me He tears up the heavens And God steps out And comes down Now I'm telling tell you something When God shows up It's different It's different when God shows up God sometimes Invades God indwells God intervenes But God also invades you know, I didn't know this, and there's so much I don't know. But uh, when I was studying this about the heaven of heavens, you know, there's three heavens. There's the heavens where the birds fly. There's the heavens where the stars are. And there's the heavens where God is. And uh, I didn't understand, you know, while Stephen was stoned. He said, the heavens open. And he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Did you know that wasn't across the street? The first heaven is 10 to 20 miles high. The second heaven is 93 billion light years between the first heaven and the third heaven. And I don't know how he did it, but he looked through the first heaven and the second heaven and looked into the third heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. How are we going to travel when we get to heaven? Thought travel. Boy, I wish I had it right now. I say, Concord. (laughs) I wouldn't have to ride with Robert. Amen. I believe we're going to travel travel by thought. Now, and and, and reason, God is a God of trinities. The tabernacle and the temple were divided in three sections. Uh, Jesus is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, The believer is spirit, soul, and body. And heaven has three divisions. The first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. Now listen, the Shekinah is behind that third, is in that third heaven. Amen. God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. Light travels, I believe it's 185, 186,000 miles per second. Uh, A light year is how how far light travels in a year. And a third heaven is 93 billion light years away. That's a fur piece. <laughs> and Jesus came and went back and is coming back again. Amen. How's he traveling? Light. He's going to travel by thought. Amen. Amen. And uh, Jesus, Stephen said, all of a sudden he saw the heavens open. He saw Jesus standing right hand of the Father. And when the heavens were open, the Bible said Jesus stood up. Why did Jesus stood up? I read all kind of, uh, you know, explanations. But the best one I ever heard was this. You know what Stephen was? He was a child of the king. He was a priest. He's a king. And they say protocol is when one king is getting ready to enter into the presence of another king, the other king stands up. You know what Jesus is saying? He's on his way, boys. Amen. There's a king. There's a king about ready to get into heaven, and he stood up to invite a king into the third heaven. I might not bless that. Bless the living fire out of me. Amen. That God was so concerned about Stephen that he stood up yeah, stood up yeah, in the third heaven, 93 billion light years away, Jesus stood up to receive Jesus to receive Stephen. Now listen to me I'm trying I'm trying to quit all right but you know uh, the Bible said in Revelation 1911 and I saw heaven open, behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he just judge and make war. Now, Jesus was in the Shekinah behind the veil. Where's he at right now? He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. But he can be walking in the midst of the seven churches. He could be there and here at the same time. In fact, he talked about being in heaven and being here on the earth at the same time. And they said, you're a fool. You can't do that. You can't if you're God. He is omnipresent. God is so present he can't go anywhere without bumping into himself. (laughs) He's about to step out. He's about to step out. But here's the best thing in the world. You know where Jesus says he's at the right hand of the Father. You know what I believe tonight? I believe Jesus is coming back again. I believe, I believe, I believe the horses are pawing in glory. I believe, I believe they're they're getting ready for him to settle up. The Bible said the heavens open. Now, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to quit. I promise I am. The Bible said heaven open. And this is a real, real word that I don't really know except I looked it up and found out what it was. The word open is a triple reduplication. In other words, heaven open, heaven open, heaven open. A triple reduplication. And for 6,000 years, God has invited man to come behind the veil for justification. But he's coming from behind the veil for two things. For justification and for judgment. Now, Jesus didn't just rise to show he had power with sin, death, hell, and the grave. But the Bible said in Romans, he was raised for our justification. And I'm glad, listen, my Jesus is not on a cross hanging around my neck. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. He's at the right hand of the Father. Are you listening to me? He's at the right hand of the Father and he's going to step out one of these days from behind the veil to bring judgment to this world. They don't believe that. They don't believe that. Now it's just whoopee. You know, Joel Osteen and gag a maggot on a gut wagon. Amen. Make me sick to my stomach. You know what our Savior was? He was a man. Right. Every carpenter in here has got muscles and our Savior was a carpenter. He was a man and, he said, and he's coming back in judgment on a world that does not even believe in him. I'm glad he's going to intervene. I'm glad he indwells and I'm glad one of these days he's going to invade. You say what he's going to do? He's going to step out from behind the veil. This world doesn't believe him but he's going to step out from the veil and they, they won't listen to him now but the Bible said he's going to rule with a rod of iron. You're going to do what he says. You may not do what your mom and daddy say. You may not do what your husband and wife says. You may not do what your preacher says. But when he comes riding back on that white horse. And he says. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. You will obey him. See a lot of people want a fire escape. A lot of people want an intercessor. But they don't want a Lord. And he is Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, Brother
1: Pope. Well, let's bow our heads tonight, if you will. And uh, honey, if you'll make your way to the piano tonight. And we're going to give a time of invitation tonight. Maybe you need the Lord to step out for you tonight. I got a feeling there's probably a lot of folk here tonight. You, you, You need the Lord to step out for you tonight. Why don't we stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and And let me say this, if you're here tonight you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, I want to invite you to come. We want to take the Bible and show you how to be saved tonight. Folks are making their way to the altar, and you've heard the invitation. And so, Father, I pray that your work now in this time of invitation, thank you for reminding us tonight that you're able, God, you're able to step out from behind the veil. Thank you. God, it could be there's somebody here tonight that needs some, some interceding. I pray you'd work in this invitation, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. The penance will play. If you need to come, the altar's open tonight. Now, listen, if you're here tonight and you'd say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Oh, Listen. This is a great night to receive Christ. And so if you're here and you don't know, listen, why don't you step out right now? Let us take the Bible and show you how you can know Christ. Would you do that? Would you do it? If you'll take that first step, he'll, he'll help you with the second one, I promise you that. If you're here tonight. You say, preacher, we've got something going on in our life right now, in our home, our marriage, our job situation. I really need God to step out. Why don't you come and join these in in the altar this evening? Amen. Amen. We heard it tonight, church, and we heard it right. He can do something for you that He's never done for you before. We're going to pause just a moment. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. If you're here tonight you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. If you need to be saved, we're here, here for you. Let's just uh, mind the Lord. You come tonight. While